Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Brian, with my co-host, Ben Brandell, and this is another Total Outdoorsman Tuesday episode. Today, we are going to be talking about how to choose the right camouflage. This can be, I'm going to it's not really controversial. I shouldn't say controversial. It is a debated topic. It is debated. People love to have their opinions and weigh in on it, and we are definitely going to be sharing our opinion and weighing in on it as well. But we're also going to share some guidance and some insight because there are definitely some real things you want to consider if you are choosing camo to wear in the outdoors. There's definitely some things to consider. Before we get started, we do want to say that this is going to be our final Total Outdoorsman Tuesday episode. Not only that, Ben, this is actually kind of with a little bit of remorse. This is actually going to be our last Tuesday episode of anything. We are done putting podcasts out on Tuesdays. Um, Our hand is kind of, uh, I don't want to say forced, but just with things that are going on with our families and our life, um, uh, the amount of money that we are not making from our Tuesday episode, uh, we are going to have to spend and focus some of our time and efforts on some other things. So we are still going to be having the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, but starting next week, It will only be on Thursdays. Thursdays will be our day that we have one podcast a week. So you'll still be getting four episodes per month. But we are going to have to cut back from here on out. Not saying that we may never come back with Tuesdays or a second day or a third or fourth day per week. That would be a huge blessing. But right now, um, we're just not at a point where we can continue to give the time and energy for two episodes per week. Brian, I could tell that was hard for you to say. and, And that truly was hard for me to hear. You know, we have been run, we've been doing two podcasts a week for several months now. For for one year. Yeah, one year. For one year. For one year. One year yeah. And you know, when we set out to to really do that, we we thought, oh, about this time that it would start growing in a in a way that financially we continued to stay at two and and yeah, maybe do three or four. But for whatever reason. Um, we trust the the Lord has a plan. Um, we're still seeking that plan, but we do realize um, by looking back that moving down to one episode a week at least, um, if we do one episode a week, that's kind of the thought and the goal right now, but that's what we're going to start focusing on, and that, that does free us up to develop and grow and do some new things that not only, not only that we want to do, but hopefully become really financially stable for us to continue on this journey that we've begun. So that's where we're at. Um, that's kind of hard for me to share because it's, I hear it and it's hard for me to, to take that in and swallow my pride because both Brian and I are very, um, well, we don't like to lose. <laughs> we don't like to lose. We always want to win. And this kind of feels like a loss. At least it does to me. Um, so it hurts a little bit, but with that said, we do have information and, and things that we still want to continue to share. So the podcast isn't over. We're not completely quitting the podcast. We're just kind of streamlining, kind of cutting back a little bit. Yeah, coming out on Thursday is going to be our 100th episode. That is hard to believe because it feels like we just started. We have learned so much, upgraded in equipment, 
guys, I, I'm going to explain a, a part of podcasting that God, we knew nothing when we started. Nothing. We didn't know how to edit. We didn't even know how to record. We didn't know what equipment to buy. There, God has sent us people to kind of guide us along the way. We didn't have a lot of money to invest into it or, to be honest, really a plan. We just kind of felt the push, the call one day, so we got the stuff and we started. But there is something that goes over a microphone that is really important when you're recording, and it's called a pop filter. So when you hear people say the letter P's straight into a microphone, it actually is its too much audio, and it actually kind of will cause a pop mm-hmm. um, in, in the recording. And so you just have basically a little screen that goes over the microphone that prevents that from happening. Well, first of all, we had no idea that we needed that. Correct. So we started, did some recordings, did some tests, and we're like, Woo. what's wrong with this? And somebody's like, well, you need a pop filter. So we're like, oh, okay. So we look online, we look and see how much they are, and they're not much. They're not much, but we just spent quite a bit of money on, on microphones and <laughs> setting up computers and all this stuff to get this stuff started. So, and we were kind of in a hurry. We didn't want to have to wait to, to order and for Amazon to get here in three or four days. So we actually took coat hangers and old socks and made our own pop filters. And we recorded, you listen to, oh, I don't know, <laughs> at least 10 to 20 episodes of podcasts recorded through one of my old socks. And slowly we upgraded to real pop filters and, and mic stands and headsets and real recording equipment. And we're th- so thankful for that, thankful for what God provided and, and our listeners that have supported us and, and what they've provided. But we really, truly did not know anything. So to be sitting here facing, looking at 100 episodes, uh, it's kind of amazing. And I am thankful for that. And I do look forward to what happens in the future. There are a, a lot, many, a whole bunch of successful podcasts that only do one podcast a week. So we are not giving up. I don't want you to take it that way. We still have lots of content to share. Uh, We still need every excuse to go spend time outdoors and bring that content to you. So we will continue the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, but there won't be as much content. Yeah, now I want to bring in some clarity that they were old socks, but they were clean. I would not be talking using a sock pop filter if it was dirty but we did use brian's old socks um i don't miss them we do have the new ones i don't miss them but what a journey it's been and i can't wait to continue to to be on this journey and and see what god's got so absolutely with that being said i think it's time to dive in to how to choose the right camo if you were to go to a sporting goods store today and walk through the camouflage section there is a lot there is Thousands, thousands and thousands. From different patterns to different clothing from socks and underwear. Mm -hmm. Why they make camo underwear, I don't know. Maybe if you have a hole in your pants. (laughs) But I'm talking, you can buy it all in camo. You can buy it all in 15 to 30 different camo patterns, different applications from winter to summer to swimming to, to hunting to fishing. There's even fishing camo. You can buy it all. Yeah. It can kind of be overwhelming. And so when you go there, you really need to have some direction and not just go pick something out just to be getting it. You can pick out the right stuff. You name it, they make it in camouflage. A lot of it is what I call camo business. They are just doing that to get the consumer because camo is 
fashionable. It is a fashion. It comes in and out. Different types of camos come in and out. And I'm talking from like the Kardashians all the way down to what's cool at your rural school. Like camo is a fashion. It, it always is. has been and it probably always will be. So that is one of the reasons there are so many. But there is camo that is applicable to your time in the outdoors. And that's what we kind of really want to walk you through. So Ben, share with me Merriam-Webster's definition of camouflage. Concealment by means of disguise. Now that's the number two definition. Um, The reason I I think that it fits here more is because the word we're looking for today is concealment. We're trying to conceal us. Mm -hmm. Um, Now we'll get into the different reasons for doing that, but that's really what it is. The last part, means of disguise, well, it really is that clothing, and we are digging in talking about clothing today. Um, You know, with clothing, Brian, I am not a manufacturer of camouflage. Like you said earlier, there are thousands of different kinds of camouflage, but in a quick search, I was really trying to figure out, well, why are there so many different camouflages, and what does that even mean? And, and when you break it down, what these manufacturers are looking for are position, shape, shadow, texture, color, tone, movement, and shine. And I thought, well, that kind of that kind of makes more sense to me because when I go into these stores, if I'm not just trying to buy for fashion, why are there all these different types? Why isn't there? Why haven't we figured out the one that looks the most realistic or works the best and, and everybody uses it? And it goes back to everybody is trying to figure out what is the best using those eight factors. Yeah, and there's some big underlying reasons why there are different types of camo. And when I'm saying types, I'm really talking about camo patterns. So when you pick up camouflage, pick up two or three pieces, and you look at them, they are different patterns. And most patterns within the pattern, you can look in the small writing. It's going to tell you the name of the pattern. And then you can see the differences, the different types of flora and fauna that are are shouldn't say fauna, there's not usually animals in the, (laughs) but the different types of plants that are represented in these camouflage, sometimes it may just be shapes and colors. It may not be plants at all. The reasons for this generally are there are different seasons. Example of that is I don't wear the same camo deer hunting that I do turkey hunting because the colors in my environment that I'm hunting that time of year are different. And the animal that I'm hunting has different capabilities of vision. So I need to take, for me personally, I need to take camo more seriously with turkeys because they see color, while deer don't see color very well. They don't see the deep tones and the different different tones the way that birds do or the way that humans do. So in the spring, when I'm turkey hunting, I'm going to have a camo pattern that has more of those spring greens in it. And in the winter or the fall, going to have more of that timber-like gray, brown, really solid kind of dark earth tones for the fall. Well, when are you going to pull out your pink camouflage that I see that you have? My pink I have pink camouflage? They make pink camouflage. You can get white camouflage. You can get orange. You know, like I'm not even denying it. I'm just trying to think, <laughs> like, where, what what pink camo has he seen that I have? I don't know. I've, I don't even know if I've seen it here. I'm just giving you a hard time. But I have seen pink camouflage. Um, I've actually, yeah, it's a pair. I think you had a pair of shears. Was it shears that had the pink handles, the camouflage handles? Was that you? Anyway, they're all, 
there's all kinds of camouflage. But if I did, that'd be really smart because you never lose them. You that, always that was see a, them. something else I wanted to say though. Is is you're talking about clothing here? There are so many other things that have that camouflage, different camouflage patterns on it, um, and you don't, you don't even really always need need that. You know, backpacks today. So many backpacks have camouflage, but you're telling us that deer see differently than turkey. And so you're going to pick different camouflage depending on those different animals. Right. And because you're hunting them in different seasons. When you go out in the fall to hunt deer, we'll say November through February here, there aren't bright green leaves. They're not. Right now, it's turkey season. When we go turkey hunting, everything, not only is it green, but it's almost that it's that neon green, vibrant, that fresh green of spring. And you want something to blend into that. If you were to wear the same camo that you wear in the fall deer hunting, you're going to not be as well blended in because you're going to kind of stick out. You're going to have these dark, dark gray and brown earthy tones, and that's going to stick out amongst all that bright, fresh green. Well, it actually sounds like it's better to wear, you can wear your turkey hunting camouflage to deer hunt, but you probably shouldn't wear your deer hunting clothes to turkey hunt. Right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I Still in the fall when you have bright greens... You, you you could get away with wearing turkey turkey hunting camo more in the fall for deer than you could wearing deer for turkey in the spring. You just said it. Exactly. And to, and to be honest, you could probably get away with both. Yeah. Yeah. That's And there's people that don't even wear camouflage that kill both turkey and deer. Absolutely. Another thing to consider, though, Ben, is different environments like mm-hmm. the desert. Well, and that's when you're getting into the different types. I mean, we're talking about woodland versus... Right, bottomland, woodland. Yeah, there's even camels that make you look like the sky for when you're fishing, or for when it's real late winter and you're hunting from a tree stand and these deer are looking up at you. There's snow camel for hunting in snow environments. You do need to consider the habitat, the environment that you are going out in, because you want to match it. You do, and you also required to wear orange a lot of the time in a lot of these different types of hunting, and so you're taking this orange vest, this orange hat. And you're putting it over the top of your camouflage. Mm-hmm. Now, you taught me this. I didn't know this, but it is illegal to wear out camouflage orange. I was joking earlier about yeah. the pink camouflage and white and orange. However, there are those types of camouflage, but you're not supposed to wear orange camouflage, which is going to be your black lines and the black shading right. with an orange. You're not allowed to do that. Right. At, at least that. here in Missouri. Right. And you used to be, but the thought of that was that, okay, well, if I have to wear orange, I'm going to wear it with lines in it that breaks up my solid silhouette. But yeah, then the state came in and said, well, the whole point of orange is that you're seen, that you're not broken up. So you can't do that. That does not meet your, your hunter orange requirement. You know, something else to, to consider when buying your camo, why there's so many different types of ones, uh, or different types of patterns is the application that it's used for. Is it hunting camo? Is it military camo? Is it just for style? Is it just to look cool? Is mm-hmm. it for fishing? You definitely need to take into consideration the application that you're using it for. An example of that would be, I am not going to wear an insulated uh, waterfowl hunting coat and pattern to go turkey hunting. I'm going to be really, really hot and I'm going to stick out with these bright white, lighter tones that are used for waterfowl. So you need to consider the application. What? Why am I putting this on? Why am I putting this on? Why am I buying this? That question should be answered when considering what camo pattern 
to buy. You know, I, I do get confused on this because you have military versus hunting, and you can see the the differences in them. Your your hunting styles are going to have the tree looking, grass looking, reed looking images. You know, your military are blotches, splotches, and dots. Mm-hmm. And so, if our military are using that to try to completely conceal, right, to to conceal their their person to stay alive. Why don't we use that more for hunting, you know, game, species, animals? That's always kind of been one for me. However, when I go and look at this is how much money I have and I want to go hunting, that's going to be kind of the start of my search of what camouflage can I afford? Because the military option, that in theory should work for hunting turkey, should in theory work for hunting deer because there are different colors. You have military camouflage that has greens in them. Then you have others that have no greens. You're going to have more of your, your natural tones, your browns, your grays, your your creams, right? So you could use those. But when you want to start going and buying this stuff, I think that's where, for me, it's it's always had to start. Yeah, what's your budget? What is my budget? And for me, the, your, what's I'm your gonna, range? Give us a range of what you can go out. And somebody was new to hunting, they're going to go out and start buying camo. What can they expect from a range of camouflage oh, here? You know... <laughs> I, I'm not joking. I have found camouflage at well, what's the what are these places where people drop off their clothing? Um, oh, like Goodwill. I have store, found yeah. yes, I have found clothing. I found camouflage clothing in thrift stores. Yep. All the way up to if you want to buy some high end gear, I found a jacket, camouflage jacket, right now that's going to block the wind, going to block the rain. For four hundred dollars, <laughs> yeah. There's some that are even more expensive than that. Yeah, you, I, you you could buy. There are combos out there, jacket and pant combos that clear a thousand dollars. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And you know, they're gonna justify why they're gonna say, well, it goes back to their science and study of the eight factors that we talked about earlier. But at the end of the day, there are people that are harvesting animals with twenty dollar long sleeve camouflage shirts. Yeah, I want to say this. If you're going to buy camouflage and it's an awesome-looking pattern, that's what they want you to say. They want you to say, man, that's awesome. Read what they wrote about their pattern. Read it. And if you read it and what comes to your mind, if the first thing that comes to your mind is, what does that mean? I'm going to tell you what it means. It means nothing. (laughs) It means absolutely nothing. They're using a bunch of big words to sell you to make you think that what you're buying is worth $400. Dollars. It is a bu- there is so much marketing that goes into all these patterns. Yeah. But there are that's why we're sharing this because there are some real things to consider. I, I was going to get into this at the end, but I feel like it's a time for it now. If you look at what's cool or the trends in camo, you see something kind of funny. If you go back to like the seventies and eighties, what'd you have, Ben? L- lines. Classic. Camo, <laughs> yeah, like army camo as they call it now, like, like vertical looking, uh, very simple <laughs> shapes and a mixture of green, blade, black, brown. Yeah, like for me, it looked like a persimmon tree bark. Right, you know, like very just, simple. Yeah. Well, then you got into technology coming out and things being digitized and real tree and mossy oak and some of these bigger names. They were literally putting like pictures of environments. Pictures of plants, pictures of acorns, pictures of real oak leaves on their camo. Pictures right. of grasses on their camo. Yeah. And it looks 
awesome. Right. Because they are literally taking, it looks real. It looks so real. And guess what we're back to now? Now all the popular brands are getting away from all this and going back to just mixes of colors and shapes. And they're saying that that's better. So all of a sudden now, four decades later, we're back to what was cool 40, 50 years ago. All that for me says, we don't really know. It all works, but we want you to spend your money and give it to us. Yeah, there is something within just the human mind that lets you like see something that says, you know what, that looks that looks really good. Like I would really like to have that. I don't know what that is. There, you can take one brand, and you can pull up last year's shirt and this year's shirt, and you put them up, and you'll find one that you're like, wow, there's something about that looks awesome, looks yeah. so cool. And I don't know what it is. You know, I've I've been walking down at uh, the aisle at the store, and I'll look at something, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I would love to wear that, like. We're not even talking about camouflage. We're just talking about a jacket. Like, that looks like it would be look good on me. And then I look to the right, and I'm like, that one, not so much. And I, it's crazy because when I go up to look at both of them, the one that I like usually costs more than the one that I don't. But, Brian, I didn't know what the prices were when I first saw them. Right. I didn't know. You know, same brand, just you have one more expensive than the other. And for some reason, the one that's more expensive is usually the one that I like without knowing the cost. I don't know why that is. But I I feel that that takes place also in camouflage. Mm-hmm. You know, I see a lot of these men on TV wearing the new brand camouflage, the stuff that wasn't around 30, 40 years ago. Yep. They're promoting it. They're saying this is the best. But I'm here to tell you, it does look good. It looks good. It's like something I want, but it costs a lot of money. Yeah, and there's there's some other factors that go into some of that too. Some of the expensive clothing, it is better quality clothing. Some of it is. If you're paying four or $500, some of it really is good quality material, good quality stitching. Some of it's double stitched. Some of it has, you know, third-party products like Gore-Tex in it. You're going to pay more for that quality. But can you get quality, usable stuff for one-tenth of the cost? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. And I do. Yeah. I do. I'm, I'm kind of a frugal person. So when it comes to that... Guys, I have been made fun of multiple times for wearing camos that don't match. It's like wearing Nike and Under Armour in the same outfit. Some people, that drives crazy. For me, I personally don't care. So I will wear Realtree with Mossy Oak. I'm not going to get caught up on that. I'm going to use what I have. If it fits, it's proven, it's worked before, I'm going to use it. Yeah, and... You are kind of changing your pattern up a little bit, and and that might work for different areas. You know, if you're sitting on the ground, if your upper half, your shirt looks different than your pants, that might be a really good thing. You know, when you look down at lower levels where most of these animals spend their time, there are grasses and trees, and (laughs) there's a contour there. There's shadows. There's all, you know, craziness. That is different than when you're up in a tree stand standing next to a bald tree. Mm-hmm. In the fall, there's no colors. It's just a grayish brown tree you're standing up against. So, you know, it's probably good that you mix and match some of your camo. That that definitely could help your hunting. So look at let's take a look at some more things to consider. If you're at the store, you're buying camo. You've answered, okay, I'm going turkey hunting. I know I'm going turkey hunting. I know my budget is, we'll say, I I, I want to get pants and a shirt for a hundred bucks. You've established those two first things that you really need to establish. 
then you need to kind of answer, what do I want out of this camo? Do I want it to be light and breathable? Do I want it to be waterproof? Yeah, do I the, want it to be both? Right. The breakdown on that, now we're talking about the clothing the itself. The actual clothing, not so, the camo pattern. So, you know, you have the eight factors of recognition for your coloration of the clothing. And now when we're talking about the clothing itself, we are looking at coloration and patterns and materials. And that is where some of the stuff gets really expensive because the materials they're using, that's coming in and making it windproof for, for me, making it waterproof perhaps for me, making it durable. You know, when you're turkey hunting, right now you have briars coming out like crazy. The briars are everywhere and you're really not necessarily paying attention to where the briars are at. Sometimes you're running right through them. You know, the materials of your clothing need to hold up to your adventure. And so you may be paying for that and, and you might see that in the cost. So once you identify what color camouflage that you need, now you got to start looking at the materials and seeing if you can afford some of the materials that you're, you're going to be interested in. Right. And most of the stores that you go to are going to take in consideration your ge geographical area. So wherever you live, a lot of those sporting goods stores are going to carry camo for that area that you live in. Like we live here in Missouri, it's going to be hard pressed for you or I to go to the store and find some desert camo. It's going to be tough. Right. It's going to be tough for right. us. Could we possibly find some Western stuff? Yes, definitely, because a lot of people travel out West. You can find that. But you need to consider where you're going to go hunting. If you're going elk hunting in New Mexico, don't wear the same camo that you're going to deer hunt in Missouri in. It should be different because the colors and the tones of the natural environment are very, very different. And you, the whole point of camo is blend in. So don't wear camo just to wear camo. Do take into consideration the geographical area that you're hunting. Something else that I think so many people, this is one thing I think a lot of people look past. A lot of hunters look past. You've, you know you're hunting. We know we're hunting in Missouri. Are you hunting out of a blind? Are you sitting beside a tree on the ground? Are you up in the air in a tree? Because the perspective that the animal that... From, Think about the perspective that the animal is looking at you. What are they going to see as your background? What are they going to see in front of you? What are you truly needing to blend into? Because I think you should wear more camo with bigger breakup and maybe even lighter colors in it if you're going to be up and may have the sky behind you. If an animal is going to be looking up at you and the sky is behind you, you don't want a big, dark tree stump looking camouflage like you may want if you're sitting on the ground. You need to consider what perspective you are hunting from, if that makes sense. No, it does. I think let's let's pause here a moment. Let's dig into some stuff because I think you've brought it to the head here and, and this is where I want to dig dig into. So, you know, there are some differences between hiding and blending in. You know, you talked about a blind. Your blind needs to be camouflaged and, and you really need to make it look like your surroundings. So much mm -hmm. so is that you will actually tie in the environment to it you will break limbs grab leaves do things to add to that structure yeah. but you're hiding you're you, honestly you could probably wear a red t-shirt inside your blind and get away with it and be fine because yeah. you're hiding i've worn a lot of times just black a black, black. hoodie black yeah, because go. they're looking in they're seeing black that's that's kind of my point is what what is the animal seeing when they see you um but then you have the blend inside if, if you're not going to be hiding if you're going to be laying in the grass, laying against a tree, 
you do need to blend in. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about animals for a minute because this is this is important. Camouflage isn't just necessarily the pattern you're wearing um, like you would see to go hunting. You can be in a boat. And when you're fishing from a boat, the fish that are underwater can look up and see you. Yeah. You know, Brian and I, when we're guiding trout fishing, there is an understanding of the type of clothing that you wear can impact your day of fishing because you're not camouflage. You look like an animal that may come in and try to harm them, and they're going to be able to see you easy when you're wearing those crazy colors. Mm-hmm. And so, especially in, like in a bass boat, if you haven't listened yet to our last podcast on our spawn fishing, get in and check it out. But when you're out spawn fishing, if you're trying to blend in, you want to wear the colors that are going to look like what a fish sees when it looks up. Right. You light know, colors like light the sky. Colors, yeah. Right. Yeah. If you've got bright colors that it's it's popping in that water, you may spook those fish. And so when we're talking about concealment, this isn't just hunting for mammals. This can be for really anything. However, when we look at animals, though, they do some other things in regards to camouflage. You know, we also look at mimicry as well. Mimicry is one that animals do in order to trick other things around it. You know, today we're, we are starting to do that when hunting. You can buy turkey, like full-bodied pictures of moose, pictures of turkey, and you can disguise yourself behind them and walk up to these animals and still harvest. Yeah. So when we're talking about camouflage, we're getting in a day and age where camouflage is even just more than the breakup pattern that you're wearing on your clothing. It is what am I using to increase my chances of harvest or catch. And Brian, like you've seen, they're moving into these decoys that you're hiding behind. It's a disguise as a type of, of mimicry, like like what the animals are doing in the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, so coming back to like, what do we wear? That may be the first thing you think of is I got to get dressed and what am I wearing to go out? You know, and that is a good place to start. You know, something I didn't have in our notes, but I just thought of, and I think it's important to consider is the size of the camo that you buy, because what you need to remember is that it is almost always your last layer. It is, it needs to be the most visible layer. So if you are going out and you're going to be wearing two, three, four, five layers of clothes, if it's in cold environments, you need to buy it to where things can fit comfortably underneath it. And you don't necessarily have to have five layers of camo. Your last layer needs to be your camo. A lot of times, you know, I'll have a hooded sweatshirt underneath my jacket or uh, just several pieces of clothing and I make sure that those are just kind of dull grays or, or black tones because you yeah. may see pieces of them but I want that last piece to be a good piece of camo. You know something that's worked for me most of my life for turkey hunting is I bought um, the ghillie, leafy ghillie suit. leafy padding, uh, pattern yeah. ghillie suit and I can wear whatever clothing I want to and then I can put that ghillie suit over the top and I'm set. I'm good to go and that's worked really well for me because in the springtime I'm shedding layers pretty quick. You know, here in the Ozarks, you're going to get up. It's going to be pretty cold. But as soon as that sun peaks up and your heart rate starts bumping and you start moving towards turkey, now you're sweating. And as I I pull off a sweatshirt, I can wear a camouflage T-shirt. And even with that that really holy ghillie suit material, I'm staying cool. But yet my arms and possibly even my legs, if I wanted to wear shorts, are still being concealed with that camouflage. Yeah, they're... (laughs) There are so many types of clothes, mm-hmm. and all of those clothes come in multiple camo patterns. That's why we're telling you guys all of these different things to consider because 
it is. It is an inundation when you go to the store, even when you look online. And if you if you are someone that wants to buy camo to feel good because you look good, or to look good because you feel good, however that saying goes. Well, it's saying that when you look good, you feel good, and when you feel good, you do good. If you want to go by that <laughs> saying, there is nothing wrong with it. There is nothing wrong with it. But I am not one of these people that thinks that your camo is just this big game changer. When you're reading those paragraphs, seeing those commercials that this game-changing camo, guys, it, it is marketing. It is marketing to a T. Here, here is a perfect example of how you know that. Every, every camo, every new camo, every proprietary pattern that comes out, what do they show you? Uh, what not, is their marketing? Uh, uh, basically, for me, what I always see is this image of the woods or a wood line. Right. And it's like me trying to find the guy that's in it. Right. They're hiding a human yeah. from you, a human. Uh-huh. So they're saying that they've built this camo based on how humans see and how their brains comprehend colors and patterns well everybody's buying it to hide from animals correct (laughs) so correct if that's not a sign that they're trying to catch you i don't know what is so really take into consideration where am i going to be and what am i hiding from but that's what i tried to say in the beginning of this you have the military camouflage military are trying to create camouflage to truly do just that truly hide from people so why do we have this hunting line that's saying Hey, human eye, we're tricking you. You can't see when in reality the military is definitely putting in billions or trillions of dollars into figuring this stuff out so that we can bring our our men and women back home. And and here's a crazy reality from uh, the science perspective. I love looking up studies that are done, research studies, um, some of the deer labs that put all these years and years of, of data together. And it's awesome because we get an idea of what deer see like, what turkeys see like, what hawks see like. You know, they say hawks see eight times better than humans. But at the end of the day, we are guessing. We are. We are guessing based off of some experimentation. Mm -hmm. No human on earth will ever know what it is like to see through any animal of any species eyeball. We know. We will never know. No. So we're just trying to guess. We don't actually even know that for ourselves. Just the other day, actually it was yesterday. I don't know how you see. Brian said, oh, I've got my green shirt on. Yeah. You said, or I thought it was my green shirt. Yeah. And to me, I said, Brian, that's gray. Mm -hmm. That's gray. And you're like, well, people tell me that it is, but Brian sees this gray shirt as green to him. Yeah. (laughs) So even us as humans, we see colors differently, and we don't know how other people truly see them, especially if they can't communicate it. Right. Yeah, and that's... I guess just kind of a tangent in a story, but it's something to think about. Like, it is so easy to fall into that trap of, oh, yeah, they built this camo to hide from deer. And you think, like, well, what person on earth truly knows what a deer sees like? They don't. You don't. But I'm going to say that if you, no matter what camouflage it is, no matter what kind, if you're following the rules, because there are rules in certain places of what you can or cannot wear, but once you know the regulations, know the rules, you follow them, you go out, and if you are successful in your hunt, keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, keep doing it. They may come out with some. I think trial and error is what correct is kind of what you're saying. And yes. that is the best thing. Get something. Use our use our little guidance here of knowing what you're hiding from and what you're trying to blend into. 
your budget and if you want to be warm and dry or if you want to be breathable, answer those questions buy camo that falls into that for you. And if it works, use it. If not, then try something else. Camouflage today can be pretty simple. You know, what you have around you, what you have access to, pick it, choose it. You don't have to spend hundreds of dollars. Same way in the survival world, some of the cheapest and best camouflage that I've known and I've seen is actually going out, pulling grass, pulling twigs, and clipping them on you, putting them on your shirt. That is some of the best camouflage. I've seen some cool videos, Brian. I do not play airsoft. Do you? Oh, no, I don't. There is some airsoft videos out there of some of these guys in ghillie suits that are sniping, and nobody can find them. It's because they have literally taken the physical nature, the physical plants and, and trees out there and put them on them. Yeah, that kind of... that. That kind of begs my next question, Ben, that I think everybody should have an answer to. Do you need camouflage clothing? Do you have to have camouflage clothing? You know, when you added in camouflage clothing, I am the guy, I'm the guy that's going to say, no, you don't have to. You don't have to have it. Growing up, my grandfather wore blue jeans, an orange shirt, and an orange hat. And I thought that's what I was supposed to wear. <laughs> you know, like, you know, it is rifle season. You know, we know that during rifle season is the rut and they're not paying attention too well. But he's harvested a lot of deer and that's what he wore. He didn't wear the full body out the the full body outfits of camouflage. He didn't even wear a face mask. So for me, you don't have to have it. However, if you want to increase your odds of success, whether that be you living longer on this earth, or you obtaining some sort of animal. Right. I believe that camouflage is going to help you in that. Yeah, I think that's a really good synopsis. Uh, how I would say that is during the rut for deer season, if you want to go out with your blue jeans and, and red flannel shirt like portrayed in the 1940 L.L. Bean magazine <laughs> and shoot deer, you can. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be a doe or... or probably a young buck, maybe once every 10 years, you might get a older three or four year old buck to mess up. But if you're a bow hunter, if you're a bow hunter and you're going out and your goal is to kill a mature buck, four or five year old, then you probably don't want to wear blue jeans and a red shirt. Yes. There, you need to take into consideration. Well, you definitely don't want to wear blue of, jeans and a red shirt during turkey, turkey season. Yeah, definitely don't do that. <laughs> turkey see color really well. Um, well, and you might look like a turkey. And you might look like a turkey. <laughs> you yeah. don't get you shot. You don't want to get shot either. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot to consider here. And your goals and objectives, I guess is what I'm saying, should be taken into consideration here too. You know, for me though, the camo, do I wear camo? Brian, I wear camouflage so often. I wear it while we're recording podcasts. I wear I it out you, in town to eat in. You don't have it on today, and I'm kind of surprised. You usually have at least a camo hat or a camo yeah. jacket or something. You've yeah, I do. I, camo. I'm actually shocked. Well, maybe it's that underwear that I'm, you know, you won't know. But Gosh, I don't want to see. <laughs> but, you know, camouflage as a fashion. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And, you know, if, if there were people that allowed me the opportunity to wear their clothing as fashion, I'd do it. Yeah, I'd do it. Well, like you said earlier, there some of the new stuff that's out, like it looks really cool. And it does. man, it has just to name a few brands: Sitka, 
Yeah. Uh, that first light is another one. Yes. Guys, these are some expensive clothing, but they are making so much money off of it just being like everyday. Uh, it's like pop culture to wear this stuff amongst uh, rural communities. Like it is cool to wear this stuff. Yeah. And it is expensive and people are buying it like crazy. And they probably hunt in it a little bit. Some people buy it just to hunt in. But I have seen people decked out from head to toe in matching camo of the same brand just to go out for the day. Yeah. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is cool, but it, it costs money. It does. It does. You know, even within the brands, they have different levels um, and costs as well. So, again, it's what you can afford. Start there. You know, they're... I've bought more of my camo from Walmart probably than anywhere else. Yeah. You know, certain layers. I think it's important because you said your most outer layer should be camouflage. Yeah. And if you're going to save up your money and buy camouflage, then I think you should invest it in the coloration pattern and material that is the best. And if you're going to go with Sitka, then look at that most outer layer, yeah. something that has the camouflage of the environment you need. The the pattern's going to suit you for that. And the material that it's made of is high quality, that it is going to be waterproof and windproof and mm-hmm. going to be durable and, and hold up to what you're going to go do in it. The internal, your T-shirts, your long sleeve shirts, if you're not planning on taking that jacket off, then it really doesn't matter, right. you know? That's when we you need to start getting into scent control, which is a whole nother podcast. Yeah, and again, depending on what you're hunting. so Exactly. So many rabbit holes to go down there. Ben, kind of give us your final thoughts or if you have any camo stories of when it worked or when it didn't work for us here to, to wrap up. You know, I remember my, my very first camouflage outfit um, was from Walmart. It was a pair of bibbed overalls, um, real thin. It was cotton. And I bought the cotton shirt and I bought this all my money. I mean, I, I worked for this. I went and bought that so that I could go hunt and have an outfit that I wanted. I say that because I've always been the guy that likes to have the matching camo. I know there are a lot of men out there that love the, they want the shirt to match the pants, to match the shoes, to match the hat, to match the gloves, to match the, the mask. I mean, you want to match. I get that. When I bought that though, where I failed was that it was cotton. That really messed me up because I was sweating in it a lot. No matter if it was winter or spring, I would sweat in it. And I learned that cotton is not good. And so today you can buy camouflage clothing that is synthetic. And that's if, if that's the only thing I can leave you with here is find synthetic clothing that's camouflage for you to go hunt in. It will be so much more comfortable. It will be so much better for for you and, and and could possibly save your life to be honest with you yeah i i guess i'm on the other end of that spectrum i do try to consider you know if it's leafy and green out or if it's not but i've already said as far as matching brands and and patterns i don't get down i don't really get down into those weeds a whole lot you know, we used to work for uh, within the Bass Pro Shops family for several years, which so we got a really good discount on clothing, and I did take advantage of that mm-hmm. and buy some good waterproof and windproof outer layer camouflage bibs and jackets for winter and fall uh, for hunting, and I, that was worth it. You know, investing investing in that and having that good 
clothing that I know is going to keep me dry and warm. It, it just makes it so much more comfortable because I don't have to wear as many layers and I don't have to have, like you're saying, a bunch of camo underneath. Sometimes I may, I'll wash with the scent control soap, a pair of jeans and a hoodie. Yes. And I wear that underneath that camo stuff every single time. It just makes things a lot more simple. You don't have to have 10 different types of camouflage outer clothing or matching all the way down to your base layer. Oh, I even have a camouflage belt. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I I do not. Do you have camouflage socks? No, I don't. You actually. drew the line at I, your feet. Well, I haven't found a pair. Oh. To be honest with you, most of the wool that I go buy, my wool socks, there's well, not a camouflage. Your option. birthday's coming up this summer. Woo! I guess I know what you I know what you're getting. Bring it on. Socks. I'd love to match. One last kind of fun story I want to tell. You know, when I was in, I remember to this day, I was in third grade. I was eight years old. And my dad had uh, been turkey hunting. And he'd been working his calls. And I'd been listening to his calls. And we'd been having some turkeys come up in the backyard. So I was just listening. And I discovered that I could sound like a turkey with my mouth. Mm-hmm. Never been turkey hunting. Wasn't planning to go turkey hunting. One day I went off in the woods by myself. No idea that I should have had camo on. Wore a gray t-shirt. My I was really into soccer at the time. I had my indoor soccer tennis shoes on, green in color, and a pair of like black sport shorts. I think it was a Rams, a Rams football. It was when the Rams were in St. Louis. Mm. And I went out and I sat along a tree and I made these turkey noises that I had been hearing from my dad and the other turkeys in gray clothing, like no camo at all. And I called in turkeys, which are supposed to be like the the one of the animals you really, really need to take your camo serious on. And I called them in. And I've always had that in my memory today because I see some people that just go to the nine. I mean, they paint their faces from the back of their neck to their eyebrows like you can't even see any skin. And I'm like, guys, I've called in gobblers with my mouth with in a gray football t-shirt. Like, mm-hmm. You don't have to go to that extreme, but like you were saying, if if it gives you comfort, confidence, and it probably is slightly, slightly, slightly increasing your odds every step you take, and you want to do it, then go ahead and do it. There is nothing wrong with it, but don't think because you don't know how or don't have the means to do all that stuff that you have to, to go enjoy the outdoors. One more thing that came to mind here. Chris Matthewson's a buddy of ours, and he's in the military, and he opened my eyes on the military side of camouflage, but the pants that he wears is pretty specific. It's the coyote color. And that's something that he actually taught me. He's like the coyote color of all the spectrums of colors, that coyote, that kind of that brownish, sandy kind of brownish. He's like that color blends in to more colors than any other color on planet earth. And because of that's why he, I I believe that's why he probably buys that color pants. But out of all of the colors that you could go purchase out there, whether they be blue jeans, you know, black shirts, black colors, what he's telling me, and, and I believe it, is try to find that coyote color, that sandy brown color. You're going to blend into your surroundings better with that color than any other. So if your only option is to pick one solid color, then go with it. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's kind of just that dull neutral tones they're going to blend into yeah earthy tones people like to say but well if there's anything that you would like to ask us about camouflage if you're in the market looking to shop or maybe if you're listening and you're like i can't believe you guys forgot to talk about this or why did you say it this way we would love to hear from you 
There are several ways to reach out to us. You can email us, m2boutdoors at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok and send us a direct message as well. Also, we have a Meant to Be Outdoors podcast Q&A page on Facebook. If you want to be part of that group, we would love for you to be a part of that. Uh, we've sent out several invites to people. If you didn't get one, send us a request. We'd be glad to accept you let you come in. We want to hear from everybody about each podcast episode. We will be back this Thursday with a new Thursday episode. Remember, guys, this is our last Tuesday episode for the foreseeable future. We are so thankful to all the Tuesdays that you have tuned in for over the last year, and we are so, so thankful for all of your support. The Meant to Be Outdoors podcast is not done. We're just dropping down to one a week. Like I said, we'll be back on Thursday. That is it for this episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. Between now and the next episode, we hope that you find time to get outdoors. And as always, remember, you are meant to be outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.